0: Hashtag, you don't have to be Jewish.
1: So we're going to start our show with uh, Dr. Yaya Atia, who is an ear, nose, and throat specialist um and a head and neck surgeon, and he practices at Netcare Pinehaven Hospital in Krugersdorp. We're going to be looking at the holistic head and neck cancer treatment. Uh, Dr. Atia, good afternoon, and thank you so much for joining us.
0: Afternoon, Nikki. Thank you for having me,
1: Dr. Atia. When we talk about head and neck cancers what, what 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 cancer falls under head and neck cancer
0: so it's a very broad uh, field um what we as ENT head and neck cancer surgeons deal with is mostly the soft tissue tumors of the head and neck so we're talking about things like uh oral cavity cancer mouth cancer throat cancer thyroid cancer salivary gland tumors and that sort of thing the bony tumors of the jaw and uh, the face form more under maxillofacial surgery, and then obviously there are other uh, uh, fields like ophthalmology involved, where there are tumors of the eye, and neurosurgery where there are tumors of the brain and spinal cord. But yeah, ENT uh, head and wow. neck surgery focuses mostly on the soft tissue tumors of the head and neck.
1: Wow. Okay, so that's what we are focusing on today, looking at the the soft tissue tumors. Um, Doctor Atia, how does one? I mean, apart from a experiencing, I suppose, a a lump somewhere? How does one know if one has mouth cancer, for example?
0: So I think the most important thing is not to ignore any symptoms you may have. So we all get ulcers, for example, or sores in the mouth from time to time. But if those things don't get better within one to two weeks, then you should have it looked at. Often what happens is that the patient has, let's say they have a sore throat or something like that, and they ignore it, thinking it's going to go away, going to go away. And eventually they present to the doctor and they've got a cancer of the tonsil, for example, or they've been to a GP and the GP has been cheating it for tonsillitis, not realizing that, you know what, this tonsillitis is going on for a little bit longer than you expect. And uh, uh, and, and then the patient then uh, gets a cancer and it's just not picked up within uh, a, an adequate amount of time. Mm. So the most important thing I think is to not ignore any symptoms but then also, uh, things like family history do play a role. And then other major risk factors for head and neck cancer, the two biggest ones are tobacco use and alcohol intake. So the two of those by themselves are a massively increase your risk for any cancer. But when you have them together, they increase it tenfold.
1: Hmm. Just going back to the family risk doctor, um, are you are you if so are you looking at um family members who have had cancer or are you looking very specifically at um head and neck cancer that you have to look out for? Uh,
0: it, both. So uh, any family history of any cancer already increases your risk of cancer, but if you uh, some cancers specifically are uh, hereditary and inherited. So the thyroid cancer, for example, if you have an immediate family member with who had thyroid cancer. Your risk of thyroid cancer is actually much higher than the general population. I see. So both of those do, do play
1: a role. I see. And just staying with the thyroid cancer. So how would you pick something like that up? Um, you know, when you're talking about a mouth, you, you're mentioning ulcers or you're mentioning a sore throat. How does one um, know when one has to be careful with, you know, and, and, and have one's thyroid tested?
0: So the thyroid is a very specific organ. It plays a big role in metabolism. And it has a broad range of diseases. It can be either overactive or underactive, as most people probably mm-hmm. know. But with cancer specifically, any lump in the in the neck should be checked out. Okay. So if you notice anything uh, in the front of your neck, especially that moves when you swallow, that is often it's a it's a it's a thyroid mass. It's not necessarily a cancer, but it may be uh, you know a benign tumor of some kind. Uh, and but it should still be checked out.
1: Mm. So, so let's have a look at, um, specifically at the head and neck cancer doctor. I know that, um, you know, more people are being diagnosed, more people are aware. I mean, you, you're just talking about early detection, the importance of early, early detection, but then also we hear about treatment options are becoming, um, a lot more specific, um, um, and a lot more successful. And they, and, and so people often talk about this holistic approach and the importance of the holistic approach. Perhaps you you can just expand on that, please.
0: Yeah. So as you say, the, the earlier you detect a cancer, the better your chance for success. So, so cancer can be beaten in, in a lot of cases. Cancer can be beaten. But uh, whether you actually get there depends on how early you pick it up. And the earlier mm-hmm. you pick it up, the better your chance for success. So what we do, studies worldwide have shown that when you have a team working together closely and treating a patient, the outcomes for that patient are much better than any doctor working individually. So you'll have lots of uh, places where you'll have a surgeon who operates and then refers on to an oncologist who he may never have never met in his life. And so you, you'll get the treatment you need, but the outcomes are not as good as if that surgeon and oncologist have worked closely together before. So when we talk about a holistic team, we're talking about the entire team of people who need to look after the cancer patient. Now, head and neck cancer often these patients have been, as I said, they've been smoking and drinking all their lives. So they have lots of different comorbidities together with that. So they have, for example, uh, pulmonary disease, lung disease, uh, COPD. Um, they have hypertension. They may have had a heart attack or stroke in the past. They may be obese. So they have lots of different problems that can compound the issue that they have. And so you have a team of doctors consisting of a surgeon, an oncologist, a radiologist, a physician if necessary, And the anesthetist who's experiencing head and neck cancer, anesthetics, and then all the ancillary staff, the speech therapists who are extremely important for the rehabilitation of these patients, Uh, audiologists, if necessary, for hearing rehabilitation and so on, physiotherapists, uh, another extremely important discipline, and then, of course, the nursing staff who guide the patient through this whole process. Uh, You know, so there's actually a massive amount of work that goes on behind the scene, and uh, the, the patient only ever sees the surgeon's face, but there's mm-hmm. lots of different important people behind the scenes who play a very important role. And the better those people work together, the better it is for the patient. Hmm.
1: Thank you, doctor. We're going to take a quick break and then I just want to speak more, if you don't mind, about this multidisciplinary team. I mean, it sounds fantastic. How does one put a, a team like this together? Um, for example, you at NetCare Pinehaven Hospital in Cougarsdorp, do you already have these teams that you work with? And what would people, I mean, what's the first step that people would take if they are diagnosed and, and how You know, how does it unfold, um, with, with a multidisciplinary team? So we'll, we'll look at all of that after the break. Thanks, doctor.
0: Hi, FM, your station of choice since 2008.
1: Welcome back to the DL Link show. I have Dr. Yaya Atia, ear, nose and throat specialist and head and neck surgeon. He practices at neck care, Pine Haven Hospital in Krugersdorp. We are focusing the this torch on um, Head and neck cancer And uh, Dr. Aitia is speaking Very specifically about having this Multidisciplinary team This holistic approach um, Which we're hearing more and more of um, And the success when You have a patient who is going Through this cancer journey And this person is working not just with one doctor At a time but really this whole team That comes together So, So doctor just before the break I said You know if we could just expand a little bit more I mean it sounds amazing to have all of these all of these different doctors coming together how does one go about doing it so in other words um if you go to one particular hospital are you de- dealing with one particular team like you you're a team that you you always work together or can you take a doctor from one hospital and a doctor from another hospital how does it work
0: so usually um, the, the teams are hospital based, but sometimes you need to bring in people from outside so, for example, at our team at pinehaven i 've worked closely with the doctors that I work with now i 've worked with them in the past in the state sector and so on, and so I knew them for years before this, and I knew what their capabilities were and so on and obviously, you establish a rapport with, the, with those doctors and you know um, and establish a team in that way. But for example, we don't have a permanent maxillofacial surgeon at Pinehaven, and so that person I I actually brought in from outside. So it's a colleague of mine again, someone who I've worked with and whose work I know, and we brought him into the team. So each each hospital has got their own team, uh, and yeah, they they, they establish it uh, I think based on how the each doctor works together with the others.
1: Mm, mm. Uh, and I, I can see the benefit of that, as you say, knowing one another. Um, so you would work so well together. I am going to play devil's advocate, though. I suppose there are times when getting a new perspective, perhaps someone who you don't know as well, coming on board and maybe, you know, I don't know, adding something else. Is there any value in that?
0: Yeah. there's. You know, you must always remember that uh, doctors don't know everything. Yeah. <laughs> Even though… Yeah. Some 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 may act like it. Some people may think that's the case, but 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 we don't we don't know everything. And so, yeah. you know, sometimes if it's a straightforward case, sure, that's not a problem. But if you have a difficult case, getting a different perspective on it absolutely uh, is helpful. Mm-hmm. And to that end, uh, if if necessary, you know, getting a second opinion from a colleague is, is always valuable.
1: Yeah. So so how would it work um doctor if someone is diagnosed um and this person wants to work with a a multidisciplinary team do you meet once a week do you sit down with the patient and introduce this patient to the whole team how does it work at at Pinehaven hospital
0: Yeah that's that's exactly how it works so once a patient presents to any one of the team members so patients could present for example to the ENT surgeon yeah. Or they could, uh, you know, they could be referred to a plastic surgeon, for example, or they could, or the physician may be seeing them for something completely unrelated. Maybe he's seeing them for their high blood pressure and he notices this lump and he says, okay, well, I think we need to work this up. So he refers them on to the ENT surgeon and so on. But once the diagnosis is established, the team then meets to discuss how best to treat this patient. Hmm. So. Not all cancers require surgery, for example. Some of them are better treated with chemotherapy. And so in that that meeting, we'd have that discussion and say, okay, look, this patient, we know based on the literature and on our research that these cancers respond better to chemotherapy than to surgery. And so we'll say, okay, well, the surgeon then needs to take a step back and oncologist then needs to play a bigger role in the management of this patient.
1: I can see how that would make... Everything so much more effective having this multidisciplinary team. Everyone coming in and and really leaning on one another, listening to one another, and looking for the best option. I think it's a brilliant right. way forward. Um, do- Doctor, um, Doctor Atia, is there anything else that you wanted to share about um head and neck cancers? Um, perhaps you wanted to share with our audience before we say goodbye that we haven't covered.
0: No, I think we've covered most of it. The one thing that I would like to say is I'm going to take this opportunity to make my anti-smoking stance apparent. Uh, I am against smoking, So uh, <laughs> if there's anyone listening who smokes, please stop. Uh, you're not doing yourself any favors. You're not doing your family any favors. Vaping is just as bad, uh, I, I might add. So smoking, tobacco, vaping, they're all equally bad. Uh, if you want to drink alcohol, no one can stop you. But, you know, even that in moderation, please. Yeah, so uh, it, it, the juices work for me, but that's a sacrifice I'm willing to make because it's for the greater good.
1: Mm-hmm. You know, it was so, I was always interested to see what was going to happen after COVID um, with people and smoking. Um, and mm-hmm. I don't, I mean, just very quickly as an aside, I mean, you're in ENT. Do you find a lot of people gave up smoking and started vaping?
0: Ah uh, no! They gave up smoking for two months and then went and back then to. And then they smoking. started again. <laughs> yeah, unfortunately, the, yeah. the the tobacco is simply too freely available in this country. Unfortunately.
1: Mm. And how quickly we forget, right? I mean, COVID was yeah. all about breathing and not being able to breathe, and and how valuable um, our lungs really are, and how necessary they are. Um, Yeah, and then we forget about those things. So thank you for that reminder, Doctor. I think it's a very important reminder. And also to say that vaping is not the healthy alternative. Correct. Yeah.
0: Even um, though it's marketed as such.
1: Yeah, exactly, exactly. We, we, we've got to do our own investigation, not always have the wool pulled over our eyes. Well, that's what we try and do. Thank you, Dr. Atia. So lovely having you on the show. We appreciate your time. Do take care.
0: Thank you again for having me.